0: Wicket's World on ESPN Des Moines is presented by BetUS. Call one eight hundred seventy nine 79 betus or go to betus.com. Enter code KRNT to get the biggest bonuses in the industry. It's no time. Hurry, hurry, step right up. Introducing the star of our show. His name is Wicket. So without further ado, I bring to you Wicket, Wicked, Wicked, Wicket. Let's get down to business. I don't got no time to play around. This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Happy Friday. Welcome in. Wicket's World on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Football in the air. We got a nice little teaser of football. Nice little taste of, of from uh, for the weekend. Going to talk about the Chargers and the Chiefs. Also, um, you know me. I don't overreact. I don't overreact about anything. I try not to overreact about anything. Look, my microphone just wasn't on, and it wasn't my, you know. Uh, But I want to look back at week one in the National Football League, and I don't take a ton out of week one in the National Football League, but I do want to tell you that there is some truth, and there's some lies, some truth, some untruth, about what's real, what's not real. There's some real, there's some fake. Out of that first week of the National Football League, we'll do that coming up in just a bit. By the way, Cubs baseball coming up at 1245. They're out in Colorado taking on the Rockies. We'll have that game for you uh, as the uh, the Cubs get ready to wrap up the season. Cubs baseball all season long here on ESPN Des Moines. And then, of course, tomorrow, Drake and Idaho kick off at 2 o'clock. The Drake Bulldogs taking on Idaho. Former Iowa State. We've got a former Iowa State head coach who's going to be joining the uh, broadcast. Chuck Reed welcomes Jim Walden who coached Iowa State from 87 to 94. He's going to be part of the broadcast. He lives in Idaho, so that works out really well. Then at night, we'll have some SEC action, LSU and Mississippi State. So you want live sports, we got it for you here on ESPN Des Moines. On Sunday, uh, we have got the Texans and the Broncos after we've got Cubs and Rockies. So last night, I'm going to tell you to you right now, all right, Chiefs. There are a lot of Chiefs fans in this area. Okay, a lot of Chiefs fans live in live in uh, the Des Moines area. So one of the Big Five. You did not have the better team last night. The better team last night did not win the football game, but the better team doesn't always win football games. Um, the Los Angeles Chargers did something that is called chargering. All right, they did something called chargering. Now, Clemson, up until the last few years when Dabo Sweeney finally got it turned around down there, Clemson did a thing called Clemsoning. Basically, the NFL version of Clemsoning is Chargering. They dominated the Kansas City Chiefs last night and had every opportunity to win that football game, but gave it away, absolutely gave it away and lost. And the entire game, you can sum up Chargering in a sequence of plays, all right, a sequence of plays that wound up in a pick six going the other way for 99 yards. Let's before we hear from the great Mitch Holtis, all right, before we hear from Mitch on the call. This was a great call last night on the pick six. So the Chargers get the ball. And they start short passing the Chiefs defense to death and they start dinking and dunking with Eckler it's Eckler for two, Eckler for seven, Eckler for four, Palmer for three. You know, the eight-yard gain over there to to Carter, DeAndre Carter. Everett, okay. And then Everett picks up seven, and then the tight end, Everett picks up 26. At that point, you, you've seen the video now, and if you haven't, follow me on Twitter, at Mike Wicket. You will see. Everett is begging to be taken out of that football game. Guys, I'm gassed. Come get me. And at this moment, the Chargers have all the momentum in the world. All of the momentum in the world. There is no reason for them to do anything different than what they're doing. And they run hurry up from the 11. Are you kidding me? They run hurry up. And then that means what hurry up offense means is everybody's on the field from the last play. You got to stay on the field for that next play. The, the, The coach is telling you, go, go, go. Whether this is Brandon Staley, who a lot of people are doubting can be a competent coach in the National Football League. Whether this is Staley, whether this is offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi, whether this is the quarterback Herbert, it doesn't matter because it's a virus inside that organization called chargering. There's literally no reason for hurry-up offense in this moment. Not only do they run hurry-up offense with a gassed tight end, Herbert throws to the tight end who can barely stand up and this is what happens Chargers go without a huddle again Right side intercepted on the left side. Picked off at the goal line, at the 25-yard line. Picked off by Watson. Watson could go all the way. The seventh-round pick, 20, 15, 10, 5. Jalen Watson cooking hamburgers in Augusta, Georgia. Then he went to Wazoo, and now he gets a 100-yard pick six for a touchdown, Kansas City. That's Mitch Holtis over on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. That was one of the dumbest sequences, and it all it took three plays. Heck, it even took two plays because you knew he had, that Gerald Everett, good tight end, you knew that Everett had just made the seven-yard catch, then the 26-yard catch, and he's a big dude. Guys need a blow, right? Calm down. Get him out. Get somebody. He's, he's signaling, get me out of the game. Bring in another tight end. Bring in a wide receiver. Call timeout. No, because Brandon Staley doesn't know what he's doing as a head coach in the NFL. I mean, he gave away like five games last year because the guy is all about going for it on fourth and two, fourth and four, fourth and five. Doesn't understand conservative football. And you don't have to be ultra conservative. I'm not saying go back to three yards in a cloud of dust, but know what's going on. And I still to this day, to this moment that I'm on the air here on September the 16th on a Friday at 12.05 p.m. I don't know who called for the hurry up. But that person's got to take a lot of this because the entire game flipped. Kansas City was getting outplayed in this game. The greatness of Patrick Mahomes was keeping Kansas City in this game. And that happens a lot because the Chiefs aren't as good as they were last year. They don't have Tyreek Hill. They replaced him with Juju and with MVS. Not not as good. Quality players, but not nearly as good as they were a year ago. But the greatness of Mahomes and the brilliance of Andy Reid is going to win them football games because that's what they do. But Kansas City was getting outplayed in this game. Their offensive line, despite what Kirk Herbstreet was telling you, is not one of the best in the National Football League. Their defense was getting gashed left and right. They were down a corner. I mean, the MVP in this game, outside of Mahomes, was their kicker, the backup kicker behind Harrison Butker, from my fantasy team, Harrison Butker, who tweaked an ankle in week one against Arizona. I am not the only one that feels this, all right? Again, Chargers lost this game. The Chiefs did not win this game. Marcus Spears from ESPN agrees. They gave this game away. First of all, we saw it on the highlight. Two drop picks. You talk about the goal line interception that went for ninety nine yards. I think the Chargers was dominating this game offensively. Now, the greatness of Patrick Mahomes is not to be played with, right? His his ability to continue to put his team in a situation to at least have a chance. But this story of this game will be about the Chargers' missed opportunities. Like, but that's what this division is going to boil down to. This whole division, and we've talked about it. You've had the same conversations with your friends. You know, the one Broncos fan, you know, the one Raiders fan, you know. Everyone has the exact same opinion about how good the, NF- the AFC West is. This is the kind of game that's going to keep the Chargers from making that jump to the top of the AFC West. Now, it's only week two, and there's still 15 more games for this team to play. But who had more first downs? The Chargers. Who had more passing first downs? The Chargers. Rushing first downs? The Chargers. I'm looking all of this up. Who had more plays? The Chargers had 20 more plays on offense. They had 80 more total yards in this game. I mean, you can argue Justin Herbert outplayed Patrick Mahomes outside of the pick six. Can't take it away. I mean, Herbert threw for 334 in the three touchdowns. Mahomes threw for 235 in the two touchdowns. Mahomes Probably should have had a couple of picks. Some bad officiating kept the ball in in Kansas City's hands, I believe. I think the referees, I don't, I don't blame referees for wins or losses. But the referees certainly didn't help the Chargers at Arrowhead last night. Wink, wink. Certainly not. And this is called chargering. The Chargers never seem to know how to handle the big moments. They didn't do it with Phil Rivers, and they're not doing it with Justin Herbert. And a lot of it comes down to coaching. Chris Carlin you who you hear weekdays here on ESPN Radio right here on ESPN Des Moines is going after Brandon Staley too. This is a bigger problem for LA because Brandon Staley has absolutely no feel for the game. Mm. Has absolutely no feel for the game we're talking yesterday wondering at least i am if he's going to be overly aggressive in some spots and and just frankly double down on some of the analytics that are involved in this and going for it in places that he shouldn't and then last night there are three opportunities in the first half to go for it in fourth and two at the 18 fourth and two twice at midfield he does it in none of them and one of them settles for a field goal and then later in the game, his quarterback is hurting. His franchise quarterback is hurting in the worst way, and he left him in there. Well, I, I'll, I'll disagree. Um, the only thing I'll disagree with is the Herbert injury. I mean, it looked pretty bad. Like, I, if, the, if Herbert would have said, I can't go in, or if Staley would have said, let's get him out of there, I don't think anybody's to blame. I mean, there was the one play after Herbert, and you know those ribs are bruised or, or cracked or whatever it is on the left side when he went down and he fell on that helmet. Of the defender. You knew Herbert was hurt. Like he just looked like he was like a dead fish. And then a couple of plays later, Herbert's running to his right and just throws it down to the ground. Can't even slide. Can't run. Can't slide. Just needed the play to end. If at that moment Staley's like, we got to get our franchise quarterback out of here or something real bad's going to happen. Or if Herbert would have said, like Gerald Everett, take me out, nobody would have dogged him. But he gutted it out through one of the prettiest throws you're ever going to see to Mike Williams, down the seam, and almost, almost wound up winning this football game for L.A. I mean, if you were sitting there, Chargers plus four, when Herbert went down, you were not feeling very good. But when they got the ball back, and he goes down and throws that that laser to get it within three, Chargers plus four looked really, really good at that moment. Now, after the game, Keyshawn Johnson, Here are him weekdays here on ESPN Des Moines. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max uh, was was praising Herbert and said he played well enough to win this game. He played well. Like, he played well well enough to win the football game, except the one mistake at the end of the game. And it wasn't his fault, per se, Ah! because Everett, the tight end prior to that snap, was trying to get out of the game because he was either hurt, winded, or whatever. But he wanted out. He had just made a big play and he needed to get out, but for whatever reason, Brandon Staley and the Chargers waved him back in, and if you go and when you look at the next time you get to look at the highlight, look at seven. Seven runs out there and stops and floats. Can't even squat and get in his break because he was so damn tired. Justin Herbert put the ball where he was supposed to. He did. I thought Herbert played phenomenal, especially, you know, all things considered, except for the pick six, and you can't take it away. Like, that's the blemish on the game. If that doesn't happen, they go up. 24-17, to it's a different football game. Maybe Mahomes comes back and does the Mahomes magic thing because he's just so incredible. But the Chargers lost this game. The Chiefs did not win this football game. And that happens. And that's what good teams, you know, good teams get lucky. The Chiefs get lucky from time to time. And teams that don't know how to win don't get lucky. In fact, it goes the other way. And Brandon Staley or Joe Lombardi or Justin Herbert or whoever called that play. And if you want to watch the play I'm talking about, follow me on Twitter at Mike Wicket. You can see when Gerald Everett is like, come here." You have to know your guys. That's what the coach's job is. If you see someone who is doubled over or winded or signaling to be taken out, that's your job control of the game, especially at that moment in a road division game against the team that everybody knows has been dominating the AFC West for a decade. Coming up, there were some truths, and there were some not-so-truthful moments last week in Week 1 of the National Football League. We'll run through what is true and what is false next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021-FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Wickets World on ESPN Des Moines is presented by BetUS. Call 1-879-BETUS or go to BetUS.com. Enter code KRNT to get the biggest bonuses in the industry. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Welcome in, Wickets World. I'm Mike Wicket. Happy Friday. Not as much juice surrounding the Iowa and Iowa State games coming up this weekend as there was the last week here in the Des Moines area. Uh, Iowa has got Nevada. The Ohio Bobcats are at Jack Trice in Ames. Drake football coming up tomorrow right here on ESPN Des Moines. Drake taking on Idaho on the road. Former Iowa State head coach Jim Walden will join Chuck Reed on the broadcast. Two o'clock right here on ESPN Des Moines. we got LSU and Mississippi State tomorrow night. Little SEC action i got Cubs baseball tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. And, of course, Texans and Broncos, the late game on Sunday. You want live sports, man? This is the radio station for you in central Iowa. Nobody's got more live sports than us. I can guarantee that. All right, so I try not to overreact about anything, okay? I try not to. And in week one, there's always the overreaction, all right? And what do I say? what did I say last year or last week? Nothing truly matters in the National Football League until you get to October. It's kind of like in baseball. You know, I watch people freak out when their favorite baseball team starts out 1 and 6 in April. Or sometimes in March. But 1 and 6 in April and I'm like, dude, wait till Memorial Day. If you wait till Memorial Day, most of the time, the teams that are in contention at Memorial Day are going to be the teams in contention by the time we get to September. That's just the the truth. The only time that wasn't true was the Washington Nationals a couple of years ago. They were well under 500, (laughs) and they went on to win the World Series. But usually, the NFL figure you start to figure things out by the time we get to October, right? Like, for example, well, let's just throw a dart and start with my Green Bay Packers. I, I don't think that Green Bay is going to be a team that scores seven points per game the rest of the way out, all right? I think last week, getting embarrassed by Minnesota, and they were, at least in the first half, I think you saw a week one where Aaron Rodgers, the offense, didn't play together in the preseason. You know who did look good in week one, by the way? Patrick Mahomes looked really good in week one, and you know what he did? He played in the preseason. Tom Brady played in the preseason. Looked pretty good last week. Aaron Rodgers, no preseason. He's one of the all-time greats. Does he have to? No. But this is a couple of years in a row now with Matt LaFleur where they don't play in the preseason. And they look like crap. (laughs) I don't think that's me breaking anything down. Now, national pundits are going to go right after Aaron Rodgers and the wide receivers. They're going to figure it out. All right, they're going to be fine. Fans are going to look at the lack of game plan to slow down Justin Jefferson, and he had nine for a buck, 84, and two touchdowns. Most of that damage in the first half. Green Bay's defense woke up in the second half. They actually only allowed three points. It three points in that, in that uh, second half? Six. Two field goals. They allowed six points in that second half. They never really were in contention to win that football game, and the better team that day won. I, I, I'm not going to deny that. You know, we could if and but and candy and nut every every part of that game if you want to. But the real story for Green Bay is if they're going to continue to dominate the North, it's not the wide receivers. They'll figure that out. It's not the running game. They'll figure that out. Heck, it's not the defense. I think that's going to get figured out this weekend. But it's the tackles. If David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, their left and right tackle, cannot play at a At a high level for the entire year or most of the year, they're going to be in trouble. You know who agrees with me? ESPN's Dan Graziano. I think it'll get figured out with the receivers. I do. I I think their bigger problem right now is those two starting tackles that aren't in. And if they can't play again this week, that doesn't set them up. Look, they should be able to beat the Bears. I I don't think the Bears have much. But that, I think, is an issue as they try and get the receiver thing worked out. I I think Aaron Rodgers believes, the coaching staff believes, the receivers believe that that it will get worked out. It will take time to get everybody on the same page. But that ultimately he's Aaron Rodgers, and this is why you have him. This is why you pay him. In the short term, I think the bigger problem is, is sort of making sure he has the time to make this work. And while they don't have Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, I think it's going to be more difficult. Yeah, 100% agree. Moving on Buccaneers and Cowboys. Tampa beat them 19 to 3. Dak's thumb gets bent the wrong way. He's out for three, four games. They're not putting him on IR, whatever the case is. I don't know if Tampa is as good as we think Tampa has, you know, or as good as Tampa has been in the last few years. But here's a truth I do believe from that football game. I think Dallas sucks. I think Dallas is in a lot of trouble, and without Dak Prescott, they got Cooper Rush at quarterback. Here's what Mike McCarthy had to say when he was asked about his quarterback, Cooper Rush, and if they're going to take the reins off him. As far as Cooper Rush, you know, we don't feel like there's really any limitations on on what we want to do. I mean, he's he's as rehearsing this offense as anybody. Outside of Micah Parsons, Dallas doesn't have a great defense. Dallas doesn't have a very good offensive line. You saw how terrible that was. I stupidly didn't start Tampa's defense like an idiot in fantasy football, and I would have missed out on, like, six sacks or whatever they had, and Antoine Winfield Jr. had a pick in that game. Like, I don't know about, I don't know what to make of Tampa yet. I think we got three weeks to figure Tampa out, four weeks, but I think Dallas, even with Dak Prescott, no Amari Cooper, no Tyron Smith, I think Dallas is in a world of trouble. I don't think this is going to be a football team that even with Dak, if he were still there today and playing this weekend when Dallas plays Cincinnati, I don't think they're very good. I think the coach is a buffoon. Mike McCarthy is a might be one of the bottom five coaches in the National Football League. We'll see. I mean, we're learning that right now. No Amari Cooper, all the pressures on CeeDee Lamb, and now you got Cooper Rush. ESPN's Brandon Jacobs. I don't think the Cowboys can compete but Dak missing four weeks at all. You know, I, I think of a, a, a large bulk of their, their, their division games would be toward the end of the season. Uh, it's always that way. We got, they got the Giants coming up, you know, in a week or so, two weeks or so, or whenever that is. But I don't think the, the Dallas Cowboys could compete with Dak missing four weeks of the season. If you really want me to be all the way honest with you, I don't think the Dallas Cowboys could compete with Dak healthy in the NFC East. I don't either. I, I honestly don't. I think... What we saw, you know, continuing in the NFC East, what we saw to Philadelphia, I mean, you talk about a wide receiver quarterback chemistry that developed real quick when you knew Derek Carr and Devontae Adams because they were boys in college and stayed close friends and talked a lot. Like that chemistry, you, you were not surprised to see develop real quick. And Devontae did Devontae things last week. For the Raiders, when he caught uh, ten balls for a buck forty-one from from Carr, but boy, that AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts connection that got connected quick. They they've been very close too. They're good friends too. AJ Brown ten catches for a buck fifty-five, and Jalen Hurts was eighteen of thirty-two. It wasn't like Jalen Hurts had a great day, but he had a good day. And I believe if that combination and the three-headed monster that Philadelphia has. Like, I bought into the Philly hype all offseason. I'm like, ah, Philly's going to be there. Dallas, probably that second tier after the A.J. Brown trade. Now I'm all in. All in on the Philadelphia Eagles. And I am so excited. We get two Monday night games. The only person more excited about two Monday night games than I am is my wife, Lee. You know she loves it when there's wall-to-wall football, Kara, You know, Lee loves it when there's football on constantly. Uh, you mean fantasy football champion Lee McNabb? You don't have to refer to my wife as the as that title forever. Uh, you don't have to. You really don't. I mean, she's the boss around here. She is, I know. So. <laughs> I know. And at home for me. So the Eagles go on the road. They almost let the Lions back into that game. But offensively, I, I believe that the Philadelphia Eagles are for real. I do. I think that's for real. Uh, coming back to the NFC North. Here's a team I don't believe is for real. The 1-0 and Chicago Bears. The Bears won at home. You know they beat the Niners. Bears go out to uh, Lambeau coming up on Sunday Night Football. I'll bet dollars to donuts that they don't come close to beating Green Bay. All right? Coming up this weekend. Chicago was dormant in a monsoon. Like, that weather was horrendous. And they were dormant for two and a half quarters. And then all of a sudden they woke up and they started having, I mean, Justin Fields, say what you want. He can hit a wide open receiver. And if you watch that game, I was watching red zone. It kept going back and forth, back and forth. Every time they showed Fields completing a pass, the wide receiver was standing there like, a, it was like a punt. It was wide open. Any NFL quarterback can hit a wide open wide receiver, even in the rain. But what can he do when he faces a defense and and, and more regular conditions? like he's going to see on Sunday night. I still believe the Bears are one of the worst teams in the National Football League. How did they beat the Niners? Weather played a huge factor. Both teams had to play in the weather. Not saying that. But I think Justin Fields and the limited time he had as a starter last year and playing at home absolutely benefited him more than Trey Lance making his first start on the road in a monsoon at Chicago. I think the Niners will get better. I don't think the Niners are going to be this bad. They're not going to be 10 points a game bad. And I don't think the Bears are going to beat a lot of good teams in the National Football League this year. So I'm going to call falsehoods on both of those. Falsehoods on both of those. Where is some truth? The NFC South. Saints and Falcons. The second half Saints. Not the first half Saints. The second half Saints. I mean, Jameis Winston threw for 269 and two touchdowns. Most of that damage came in the fourth quarter. It was like a light went on, especially after he got banged up. And when Jameis went out of that football game, despite being down, what were they down? 20 to 7. They were down 27 to 3. 27 to 10, excuse me. They were down 27 10 and came back to win that football game. That's an impressive win by a football team that some people, including me, believes has a shot to go to the NFC Championship and beyond. Now you got Alvin Kamara and and, uh, Michael Thomas a little bit banged up. They're probably going to be okay. But if Jameis can play anywhere close to where he played in that fourth quarter, the Saints are going to win a lot of football games. They always have Tampa's number, and they play the Buccaneers coming up this weekend. Should be a really good one. That's an early game, too. So if you've got, you know, you're going to be hanging out watching football on Sunday, there's going to be a lot of focus on the Buccaneers and the Saints from New Orleans. So I regard the Saints as being a truth from week one. I'll get to a few more coming up, because there was a lot of truth, and there are a lot of falsehoods. What about that Chiefs win at Arizona? Where would you put that? Were the Chiefs 44-21 winners, was that a truth or a falsehood when you compare it to what we watched last night, when they eked out a win that they did not deserve? That's next. You're listening to Wicket's World on 1021-FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Wicket's World on ESPN Des Moines is presented by BetUS. Call 1-800-79-BETUS or go to BetUS.com. Enter code KRNT to get the biggest bonuses in the industry. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. What's up to Eric and Brian, my old partner Chuck, sister-in-law Molly, all watching on Facebook Live. Thank you very much. Check us out on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN DSM. So going over the weekend, um, last weekend, NFL Week 1, truths and untruths. Because there were a lot of games where you're like, Nah, I don't know if I believe that. Like the Bears. I don't believe the Bears are one of the better teams in the NFL, but they got a W, all right? So I asked before uh, the quick timeout there, the Chiefs 44-21 win. Now, you have to measure that with the win they got yesterday over the Chargers that they did not deserve, but they did get, all right? I got Chiefs fans blowing up my Facebook feed right now. They're very upset with me for saying that. You didn't deserve to win that game, but you did. So take the W, you're 2-0, you got a big lead in the AFC West right now, okay? But the Chiefs win 44-21 last week. Mahomes throws for five touchdowns, 360 through for two more yesterday. And the uh, the Chiefs are now 2-0, and and they hammered the Cardinals. That game may have said more, and we, and we have got a lot of time left. And again, the caveat to all of this is call me in October. But that game may have said more about the Cardinals than it did about the Kansas City Chiefs. I think mean, Cardinals are in trouble. Now, J.J. Watt didn't play. He's hu- he's hurt. DeAndre Hopkins is serving a suspension. We know when they get those two back, it's a different football team. But I'm watching this, this Cardinals team play. And you know what I've said about Kyler? I would not want Kyler as my franchise quarterback. I think Kyler has a lot of leadership issues. I think Kyler has some talent, lots of talent. But I don't think he's the total package. And the Cardinals are banking on it, on him being the total package with that 250 million dollar contract or whatever whatever Kyler's deal was. And the Chiefs took advantage of the situation. You know, Patrick Mahomes played in the preseason. Patrick Mahomes is like, I don't know, like 18 and 3 or something or 19 and 3 in September in his career. It's insane how good he is because they prepare all offseason for that opening game. And I wish my Packers did that. I wish That Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur were as prepared in week one last year against New Orleans or last week against Minnesota as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are every single year. I mean, you do not mess with Mahomes in September. Don't do it. His touchdown interception ratio is insane. But I think the Chiefs took advantage of what is a suspect Cardinals team at home. You know all the offseason stuff with Cliff Kingsbury, and the organization, and the distractions with Kyler Murray, and everything that happened with Arizona. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, yeah, they traded away Tyreek Hill, but they fixed it. They patched some holes with Juju. And with uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Not a great replacement, but at least a replacement. An understandable replacement. It didn't offset the apple cart too much. But I think we saw more truth out of the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday than we did a week ago with the, uh, with the, the Arizona Cardinals. When you're playing a real good team like we think the Chargers are as opposed to a team that I think is going to be a six or a seven win team perhaps in, in Arizona. I think the Chiefs are more because that West is going to be so squished. There's going to be two games between first and last place in the AFC West. It's going to be incredible. You know, like the, the Raiders. The Raiders lost last week at these Chargers. I think the Raiders prove that they can hang with one of the big boys as they lose in overtime in that football game. At L.A., you know, breaking in the new receiver-quarterback uh, combo? No sweat. No worries. You know, what do you do with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller and the rest? You know, they got a good pass rush. I'm not sure it's a great defense that, that the Raiders have. The 24-19 losers, I think I learned more about the Raiders in that football game than I did say for the Cardinals in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think there's some truth that the Raiders are going to be there. But again, that that division is just so dang good. It just really is, and here's another thing that I I may I may wind up believing. I'm going to quietly say this. I think the Washington Commanders are the second best team in the NFC East, and I know they hammered the Jaguars. I I, I understand what that means, but Carson Wentz threw four touchdowns in his first time in this offense, in his first time with Terry McLaurin, and his first time with. That offense, with those wide receivers, I think the Commanders, because I think Rod Rivera is a darn good coach, I think the Commanders are the second best team in that division. Not overreacting. It was only week one. Call me in October. They may lose their next three. Who do the Commanders have this weekend? Some Washington fan is mad at me for not knowing the answer to this, but I don't memorize every team schedule in the NFL. They're at the Lions. See, the Lions, let's talk about the Lions here. The Lions are the same old Lions. They're getting hammered in that football game against the, the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm, by, I'm all in on the Eagles. I think it's Eagles commanders. I think the Cowboys are in trouble. I don't know what to make of the Giants. I'm not going to react either way to the Giants and their, their win. They go for Brian Dable, goes for two and wins in his debut. Who does that? That's craziness. But the Lions, same old Lions, I will never buy into the, the, the Detroit Lions until something changes. They were getting beat in that football game and beat bad. And they come all the way back, and they score 14 in the fourth quarter. And the the, the national media is like, see? Those guys on hard knocks. They never quit. They never never quit for that coach. The guy who wants to kneecap everybody and fight everybody and could probably still go out there and give you 12 snaps in a football game. It's the same old Lions. There are a lot of Lions fans that don't love Matt Stafford, because he was stat Padford because they would get down by thirty in every game, and, and Stafford would have to throw, throw, throw just to get him back into games, and that's how he had three hundred yard days every week. Which by the way is fine in fantasy football. He's a good fantasy football quarterback. Speaking of of, of Matt Stafford, I believe from that Bills and Rams game we had one truth and we had one lie. I believe the Bills are absolutely, and I talked about this at length last week, check out the podcast, ESPNDevoin.com. I believe the Bills truly are in the elite class of the National Football League. Coming out of the gate, week one, going to L.A., beating the Rams, 31-10, hammering the Rams. Josh Allen looks the part of an MVP. Meanwhile, the falsehood, I believe the Rams will be better than the, the what they showed in week one mostly because I believe that Sean McVay realizes we need to give the ball to Cam Akers. Daryl Henderson ain't the truth. Cam Akers is the truth. And I believe that after the entire, you know, the last 10 days or nine days or eight days or whatever of Matt Stafford being hammered by telling you, you can't just throw to Cooper Cup. You can't just throw to Cooper Cup. You can't just throw to Cooper Cup. You got to throw the ball to Allen Robinson. I believe that the offense will completely open up for the L.A. Rams. And I think they're going to be fine. I think their defense will figure it out. I don't think Jalen Ramsey is that bad. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, when thrown at, gave up a perfect passer rating. Perfect passer rating. That's unheard of. For that guy, for that salary, for that money, that guy's got to be better than that, much better than that. You're, You're paying him top five money at the defensive back spot. He's got to be a shutdown corner. I think he will be better. I don't think he's going to be, you know, elite, but he's got to be better. Aaron Donald will still be Aaron Donald. They got Bobby Wagner in there right now. I think the Rams are going to be just fine. So I think their effort, Super Bowl, hangover, whatever you want to say, I think the Rams are uh, are 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 going to be just fine. And then there's teams that I don't, I you know, I have no opinion either way on. Giants, no clue. I mean, I guess the key to the Giants is, If Saquon Barkley is healthy, they got a shot to win any game. Dude dude ran for what, a buck 64? Is that right? Yeah, one sixty-four on 18 carries. Dayball had some stones and went for it on the two-point conversion to win the game. I don't know what to make of the Titans. I mean, Derrick Henry didn't look like King Henry in this football game. I don't know what to make of the Colts. I don't know what to make of the Texans, who had a big lead and watched it all evaporate. I never know what to make of the Browns, especially this version of the Browns. Can they just survive and get? I mean, if if Jacoby Brissett, after eleven games, is seven and four, look out because then there, then the uh, the credibly accused sexual abuser comes back and he gets to play quarterback. That that that's the whole thing. Like, can Cleveland at least? stay a couple of games above 500 to stay in a wild card race and can they get into the AFC wild card in a in the loaded conference in the better conference and if they can can Watson after a game or two look great and if so look out because that with Amari Cooper and Anjoku and that running game and that defense that's a team ready to win right now I don't know what to make of the Panthers I mean I don't have high expectations of the Panthers they lost the uh, the Baker bowl at home I don't know what to make of the Jaguars I don't know what to make of the Steelers I mean how did the Steelers turn Joe Burrow over five times and it still takes two kicks in overtime to win? Like, that that tells you how bad Mitch Trubisky is. And why did I just pick up Chase Claypool in fantasy football? Why in the world did I do that? I don't know. No idea why I did that. And, and I think the Bengals will be fine. I mean, I think Joe Burrow will be just fine. I mean, Burrow's great. We know Burrow's great. I mean, there's, there's certain quarterbacks, even with bad days, you don't worry about. Burrow's one of those guys. Pittsburgh, for whatever reason, has always had Joe Burrow's number. And I I can't explain it. It's a Mike Tollin thing. Props to him. Patriots and Dolphins, I don't know. I think the Patriots are in a lot of trouble. Mac Jones has the back injury now. And I think, you know, I'm never going to buy into Tua until I have to buy into Tua. All right? It's going to be just like the Lions. It's same old Tua, same old Lions, and that's that. Uh Uh-oh. Chiefs fans, upset with me. Very upset with me on the Facebook page, Kira, for, for for dropping the truth bomb on them that the Chiefs didn't deserve to win the game last night, but they did win the game last night. I would take 13 of those. Just take the W. Take the W and walk away. Guys like, who's up? Mark's upset with me. Brian's upset with me. The old agree to disagree line is out there on Facebook right now. Uh, I will say, though. Uh, On the 0.5% chance that he's listening, shout out to Patrick Mahomes for carrying my whole fantasy. You don't think Patrick Mahomes is listening to this? (laughs) You don't think Patrick Mahomes is listening to this show? (laughs) You don't think Patrick Mahomes, day after a win like that, when he's got a wife, they have the second kid yet? Maybe he's got a wife and a baby and a second one on the way, or the second one's here, I'm not even sure. You don't think the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs is streaming us on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page? Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're always right. I don't know it. about that. Oh, and uh, the Broncos. Speaking of the AFC West, uh, I think the Broncos are much better than what we saw. I think that 64-yard field goal attempt that uh, has been haunting Nathaniel Hackett for uh, the last week will a teaching moment for a first year or first-time head coach going up to the Pacific Northwest. And I don't believe that Geno Smith and the Seahawks. I don't believe Geno Smith is going to have more touchdown passes this year than Aaron Rodgers. He does right now. I don't think that's going to last, and I don't think that's going to last for four more days. Okay? I think that's going to go the other way. All right. So there's some truths. There's some falsehoods. That's what's real. That's what's not real in the National Football League after week one. Hold me to this, and we'll come back in October and revisit all of these things. Uh, Don't forget, we got Cubs baseball straight ahead. We got Drake tomorrow against Idaho at 2. Former Iowa State head coach Jim Walden will be on the uh, the call with Chuck Reed. Make sure you tune in tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Then LSU and Mississippi State tomorrow night. We got the Texans and the Broncos on Sunday. Thanks to Kira for keeping us on the air and getting my microphone turned on. Appreciate that very much. Thanks to you for listening. Cubs baseball next here on ESPN Des Moines. Have a great weekend.